breaking curses breaking curses breaking curses breaking curses my generation ain't worthless your generation this is john barnett and this is terrence j welcome to generational curse once again terrence this um this is probably more on the spiritual side the subject we're going to deal with yeah reconciliation hmm. reconciliation I think this is a worldwide topic, man. You know, we, we give them some quick shouts out to our folks in the UK and, and over in Algeria and down in Las Vegas. But this topic covers the globe because we see a world that is divided. Yeah. We see families that are divided. The United States, UK, mm. a lot of the Mideast nations, they're divided. So this is a global curse. I it's would a say, global right? curse. Yeah. Yep. Hmm. Yes. You hear that? Hear, hear that? UK, Germany. This is global. Global. So, so, so tell more of your your, your friends, family, uh, to tune in to generational curse because this is about to be a fun topic. Yeah. Yeah. A liberating one. I'm I'm gonna say there's gonna be some people where the lights gonna cut on. Okay. And they're gonna say, "Wow, I I can have freedom." Hey, my, my, the lights might cut on for me, too. <laughs> right. <laughs> Already the dimness is leaving. About to have brother crying in here. <laughs> oh, All man. right. Terrence J. Got a serious subject here. So reconciliation and, and forgiveness. So we're going to give the definition real quick. So people, people often confuse forgiveness with reconciliation as if they were the same thing. But they are not. Reconciliation is the final step in the forgiveness process, but it is the cherry on top as an extra bonus when it, and if it occurs, uh, it takes people to reconcile, but it only takes one to forgive. But you know, I, that last part, it only takes one to forgive. I'm like, well, it kind of takes two to forgive, uh, because you're sharing that responsibility in that relationship. Like I wronged you and you mm -hmm. wronged me. So now we come together. I forgive you. Well, I forgive you too because all these years, you know what I mean? And then now we reconcile. Do you need the other person to forgive them though? Like, do they have to, like, what if you, a person wronged you and they died and you are holding on to what they did? Can you still forgive that person? That's a great question. I, I've never been in that situation. I don't know. Uh, I probably can, but will it be the same? I, I think it goes back to where the Bible says, let not the sun go down on your wrath. Because mm -hmm. uh, it's over. It's a new day. But then you're still holding on to that baggage and that trauma, whatever it is. So I think with the death process, I don't know. Again, this is I, just my personal opinion. You can, but it would be a lot difficult. Or the person may not... Here's a, here's a real life scenario. The person may not want your forgiveness. You right. can say, I forgive you. And they say, I hate your guts. Hate on then, hate on. But do you need <laughs> that person's acceptance to forgive them? It depends on the person. And I would say no. You would say no? Yeah. I agree with that definition from the forgiveness standpoint. Because mm -hmm. it's a mental choice that you make. You have to do it here first before you actually say the words. Right. And that person doesn't have to accept it, you know, for you to actually go through the process. Because mm. actually the healing, I mean, there's been some heinous stuff happening in this world, man. There's been some heinous stuff. Oh, yeah. But the person wronged is the one that usually gets the bad end of the stick all the time. And they're the ones that's under the heel of anger and all this stuff, you know, somebody raped somebody, you know, God forbid it happens all the time. Though, unfortunately child or something mm -hmm. that child grows up in their home and everybody's it's the, maybe, maybe it's the father and everybody's thinking Joe is such this great guy. He might be a leader in the church, man. And these are real life scenarios, folks. <laughs> that child wants them dead. And are they wrong? No, I, I wouldn't say they're wrong. I, <laughs> You want justice. That, 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 yeah, that's I mean, that, that's, especially for something like that, man. Yeah. But that bitterness totally shapes their whole worldview. 
Yeah, because if they're watching a movie based off of someone being raped or, you know what I mean, that emotional tie to right. it, they will want that character dead, you know, exactly. in the movie. Or, or if they hear a close friend of theirs grew up with the same trauma, then they were like, yo, we need to ride on them now. Yeah. Like they, <laughs> they haven't really. Because I got a short fuse with bullies, man. I mm-hmm. just don't. Yeah. I, I've always felt that, you know, if you're going to, you know, pick on somebody your own size. Let's see if, if you're a real man or whatever, woman. <laughs> you know, to test your test your fist out on somebody that got what you got. Right. Don't don't be beating up on an old lady. Uh, you know, that just ticks me off, man. But but that's a whole different podcast right there. <laughs> but um, you know, but then the guy that's in this scenario, he now is affecting how he treats his wife. Or his children. And the thing that's in the way is that incident that happened between the person that nobody else knows but you. But this guy's a jerk. Mm. On the highest level. Man, I I watched a, um, it was a TikTok of, um, she was very intelligent. She said that um, she was walking in the mall and she ran in, she wasn't walking. She said she was getting ready to go in the mall, and she ran into a CEO, uh, you know, woman, f- female CEO who fired her. Mm. And she held, had all this animosity, all this anger, and she was ran into her and in the mall. That moment coming where she was like, hey, how you doing, Sarah? You know, and she was, Sarah was like, who are you? Mm. She's like, I. I'm such and such. I used to work for you back in such and such. She was like, I'm sorry, I don't remember you. I'm, you know, <laughs> so the, the moral of the story, you know, the lady broke down was like, well, we hold on to this anger, bitterness, animosity, <laughs> yeah. and people have moved on. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Yeah, that's true. People have moved on. So, yes, to answer your question, it is, it is, a, it can be an individual thing. Mm-hmm. It can be an individual thing. People do move on, but some don't. Right. But just know that that person don't remember if they wronged you. They don't rem- They don't know. Mm-hmm. That's can- when you really want to get the beat down. <laughs> <laughs> like they being a jerk. <laughs> you don't even remember what you did to me. <laughs> you know, that, 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 I think that would hurt probably more than anything else, man, is you carried that all them years. I mean, they, they, this legit, they did it to you. And they don't even remember it. Wow. Yeah. That, that was, uh, you know, at least, you know, acknowledge what you did, you know. Mm-hmm. So um, this is a, I'm going to call it, use the word systemic problem. Okay. You know, they talk about systemic racism, systemic sexism, systemic bitterness. <laughs> systemic bitterness. I like that. We don't talk about that enough. We're going to coin that phrase. You heard it first yeah. here on Generational Curse, systemic bitterness. That It can transcend generations. I can carry bitterness from what my parents threw on me. Yeah, we, we broke that down. Uh, man, I forgot what, what podcast that was. Yeah. What, what episode we did. That might have been like one of the first ones of season one. First, yeah, yeah. First two or three. And see, this is how I'm looking at this article is Time Magazine, right? Mm-hmm. And the title is the U.S. Capitol riot was years in the making. Here's why America is so divided. All right. Here, they give three reasons, man. <clears throat> they say. The enduring legacy of race, the changing nature of capitalism and the fracturing of our collect- collective media landscape. I say wrong. <laughs> uh, those those things are valid. Uh-huh. Let's just talk about the race thing just for a second. Th- this ain't about race. We're talking about reconciling, which is which is has been a problem, continues to be between ethnic groups. Mm-hmm. But Terrence, you're a millennial. I'm a Gen X, right? And we did mention this in the prior podcast. <clears throat> you and I have never had to go to the back of the bus. Is that correct? Correct. By you, choice. You've never <laughs> right. I used to go back there just to <laughs> hang out. That's right. 
you've never, I've never had to go to a separate bathroom, separate water fountain, separate school. Other than men and women, that's it. The entrance, this is some colors, that's for whites. We've never had to deal with that. Now, we've dealt with racism, Mm -hmm. for sure. We've been profiled, for sure. Fact. Have some idiots, for sure. Fact. Right? Yeah. But we, neither of us are bitter against any race. Right? Right. But some people are that's been in the exact same situation that we are simply because of what they've been told. Mm-hmm. And their parents threw on them, white and black, yeah. even Hispanic. Well, they're this way. Or that so-and-so did this to me or that. And so... The parents have put on them, and this can be multi-generational, like silent threw it on the boomers, hmm. and then the boomers threw it on the Gen X. And then it's, it's, it's more difficult with millennials. They tend to, everybody's been integrated. Yeah. But still, it still exists, mm-hmm. you know, and stereotypes and all that. And so now I haven't even experienced the dogs chewing on me, the hoes, <laughs> <laughs> or even redlining in the, in, in the housing district. But I'm out there marching as if I saw somebody hang from a tree, man. Hmm. So this is why I'm saying this is wrong because there's this other component of the generational effect. Yes. To where I'm causing people to look at a black man or a white man, woman, uh, heavyweight, uh, not heavy, overweight, person as a lesser person or ignorant or stupid. Yeah. And, and now, and as, as well as a individual level, I mean, do you know how many people that are out protesting and marching, but behind closed doors, they're probably human trafficking or mm. they're probably child molesting or they're probably <laughs> beating a wife or, you know, vice versa at home. Uh, but they went out marching for a good cause, but they haven't even reconciled and apologized for their own transgressions or their own abuse that they caused. I mean, to me, you want to get those issues right before you speak on something else that is because you're hypocrite. Right. Right. And we can see right through hypocrites we have that hypocrite antenna. As <laughs> right. soon as we step in the hypocrite radar, as soon as the we step in the church, on. we see him up there. Oh, he's a hypocrite. <laughs> I see how he came in and I, you know, before he spit in his wife's face and then now he, mm-hmm. thank you, Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> that's why he's saying that. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, that's what I see. So let us take that definition, but apply it individually. Mm. See, that's where the rubber meets the road, though, man, because you got to deal with you. <laughs> you are your worst <laughs> enemy. You can't run from yourself. No. You always are in your own skin. So I can be even teaching other people. There was this minister. I'm not going to bring his name up, but he was caught in gay relationships. Mm. But he was out protesting homosexuals <laughs> against it. Like, yeah, he was protesting the homosexual. I don't know if it was like a legal thing, like, like the gay marriage or whatever, but he himself was caught. <laughs> and it's like, that's a, that's a problem right there, man. <clears throat> you know how many people protest, you know, and, you know, get rid of guns and, Bang all guns, but they got guns themselves. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> a cache of weapons in the house ready to start a small war. But you talking about <laughs> get rid of the guns. And see, here's I'm going to try to build a little case here, Terrence. Uh, because usually, and me, you talked about this off the air here, you know, the missing reconciliation is generational. Yes. That's never talked about. No, because they don't see it as that. Right. They, they immediately, they this article 
immediately jumped, their first thing was racism. And what, what article? This was the time about? U.S. Capitol riot was years in the making. Here's why America is so divided. Huh. Their first issue they went to, that's always the go-to issue. Racism, racism, racism. It makes money, man. That's just, that's just I'm going to call even though there is racism and I ain't saying there ain't. Well, Booker T said it best back then. I mean, he was like, there are blacks, you know. There are blacks that profit off that of. That profit off of, uh, yeah, racism or some keeping the oppression. Yeah, yeah. They, but there's no money in what we're talking about. No. It's just you have to take action. You don't get paid from going to your father or father going to his son saying, I'm sorry. There's no movie made off of that, you know, no book deal. <laughs> but these people here that were in the Capitol riot, and I'm, I'm going to agree it was a riot. I mean, you, you had the, the Capitol building tearing it up, <laughs> carrying people's stuff off. If that was me and you, Terrence, <laughs> Lead, brother. <laughs> Lead sandwich just <laughs> right at the door. <laughs> but um, I'm saying these people were broken inside well before they got there. The people in the riots prior to January 6th that was throwing the bricks and marching to the governor's house or whatever, they was already broken because – most of those folks that were protesting were white. They haven't experienced racism a day in their life. They only, they only know the term by definition. They don't know what racism is. So why are you so upset? There's something else going on. There's some brokenness in you as an individual. You know, I'm not going to get mad because uh, Tom Brady threw an interception, man. <laughs> But some people do. Yeah, they do. They get upset. They get crazy, man. It's, it's a game, man. It, you'll I, never meet Tom Brady. Yeah, they do it as if they know him. <laughs> right. Yeah. So there's something else going on. Good friend of ours who unfortunately just passed yesterday from COVID, folks. From COVID. Mm -hmm. Please take it serious. Please take it serious. Um. He used to talk about dealing with the core issues, dealing with what's yeah. inside of you. Mm -hmm. And then when you deal with that, now you're able to go. You're liberated. You're liberated. Mm -hmm. But if you don't, you know, we, we being humanity, we build these walls up. And we want this image to be seen of what, of the good in us, right? Or the toughness. Or or the toughness. That's a good one. But I'm scared like a little girl. <laughs> <laughs> Big dude walking around, oh, you know. And, and I, I just had this thought, man, that, you know, there's certain societies that, um, you know, if their daughter steps outside the marriage, they'll kill her, you know. Or if there's a religious thing going on. They'll mm. kill the son. They'll, and it's like, but your human nature, your, I don't care what you believe religiously, man. Mm. Your human nature is saying, ain't no way I'm going to do that. Exactly. Just because they don't agree with my version of God. Mm. I'm go that, so to justify it, you have to hide behind yep. the whatever. You know what I'm saying? Man, Mike Tyson said it best. <clears throat> you know, I, I'm a I'm a big follower of Mike Tyson. You know, I love Mike Tyson before and after. But I, I definitely love the after Mike because he said it best. He was like, he had to reconcile and deal with his core issues. He said, I had to deal with my core issues. That's where all that fight was coming from. Mm. Trauma. It had mm. nothing to do with just beating, you know, for sport or playing for sport. It had everything to do with childhood trauma and he wanted to kill his opponent because he's seen that you know he is my abuser he is my mm. he he i need to kill him but when he dealt with that when he got it out now you see a different mike that fight is gone mm. so remember watching him and roy jones go at it 
Yeah, he wasn't I, trying I didn't to see kill. it, but I heard about he it. He wasn't trying to yeah. kill. It was for sport. <laughs> right. <laughs> it was, he was playing. Yeah. That's what that was about. But just imagine if he didn't deal with that. Oh, yeah, he would have went back to Iron Mike, and he would have lost it. Probably would have <laughs> bit both his ears and didn't, his mouth. Didn't he say he created Iron Mike? The, yes. The persona Iron Mike? Yep, and it was that toughness. And he said he hid behind all of, 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 during that time of Robin Gibbons, he hid behind the drugs, he hid behind the money, he hid behind all of that because he didn't want that to come out, that he was a little punk. That's as he mm. would say, you know, he, I'm, he's, he's a genuine nice guy. Right. He's That's a, a little punk guy. I wouldn't want to cross. No, no, no. Hank's not, man. I was afraid to say punk. Oh, right. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah buddy. That before Mike and after Mike can come after you too, though. <laughs> But like the one guy in the interview, we see. I showed you that one where the uh, interviewer was basically bringing out all these negative things about Mike's image, and it was making him mad. It was yeah. he was getting teed off. Yeah, and he just said, "You're a little punk." Yeah, I'm gonna f you up. <laughs> you little me, I'm gonna f yeah. you up. But that it came out. That's that fight that he was talking about, and because again, he reconciled and he got rid of it. it He's not fighting. But that's what a lot of people are dealing with. They're dealing with that trauma, and they're fighting in the inside. But when it comes to everybody else, they're fighting. So that's why they're out protesting, and they're throwing bricks, and they're throwing rocks, because they're fighting something else in the inside. They're not necessarily fighting for uh, uh, Floyd. Uh, George Floyd. George Floyd mm-hmm. or, or whoever. Mm-hmm. They're fighting. they got a demon that they're dealing with. That's right. Man. We could do this for three hours, brother. I'm just thinking about so much <laughs> stuff, man. I mean, you know, you look, you're looking at, at, at people's lives. Uh, a lot of these stars, um, sports, because they, they usually get a platform. They never talk about their fathers. No. You know what I'm saying? It's always their mother. Yeah. Which, I mean, that that's my situation. My mother was around. My dad really... He was around, but not around, you know, not, not in the home. And, you know, and then the ones that do like Shaq, Shaq, I always talk about his, uh, not biological, his stepfather. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Grant Hill. Yeah. Talks about his. Um, and then you see these guys play and some of them play angry. Yes. Or they, or you see their, their life outside of the arena is messed up. You know, a lot of babies, a lot of problems and trouble. They never dealt with the broken person, you know, male male and female sports yeah. or male and female artists or whatever. So, so this goes back to what you were saying. Can you forgive or without that or reconcile without that person? Because they could have done it without their fathers and just move forward. Yeah. I, I think it depends on the offense. How, how and bad? the situation, okay. yeah, yeah. Like, let's go back to the, the the most famous one is is the molestation, and that's just like that's that's an epidemic, man. It's you know, but it's a violation of trust. Number one, mm-hmm. number two, the studies have shown that children blame themselves, which I, I don't know why that happens, but they, you know, but you're a child, so. Your mind, your frontal lobe, ain't even formed properly yet. Not it's not all the way formed, and you just processing things the way that you best know how. You know, so you dealing with the trust issue, then you blaming yourself, and then you've been introduced to sex, or maybe it's not sexual abuse; it might be physical abuse. Mm-hmm. You know, but from the person that you trusted. So if you're looking at it in a spiritual sense, that person is God to you, man. Hmm. Now God is beating you every day. Or he abandoned you. Or he abandoned you. Or she abandoned you. Or you're being raped by God. Hmm. And then you can see where that graduates to. So for that, you might not be able to approach the person. Hmm. You know, I've got a friend that she was raped, and she remembers the smell of the man's cologne. Wow. So every time she smelled that, guess what? Yeah. There's that memory, yeah. you know? Wow. So her husband or boyfriend or whatever, he couldn't wear that. 
Let alone probably any cologne. Yeah, I mean, it might it might have been to that level because they all have you know similarity <laughs> senses. But yeah, that, that's crazy, man. I, I've never <laughs> never thought that that would be an issue as far as when it comes to abuse that you have this attachment with you and or this forever memory. You know, I mean, I I was abused, you know, sexually, but it didn't hit me until I was talking with my mother. And, you know, I saw that I shared with you, saw this ghost in his room. And I was, you know, we were, my mother and I, we were talking and she said, yeah. Oh, boy, he saw it, too. I go, what do you mean? She said, yeah, he said he saw it that same night. And then it. I'm like, yo, I was in the bed with that dude. Yeah. <laughs> so, but never did I have an attachment as far as like a scent, mm-hmm. a sound, texture, feeling, you know, none, none of that. Just right. hit you when you are talking about some things. So I'm bringing that out because a lot of people, when they do talk about some stuff, you have a trigger. Yeah. And then they get upset and you're like, what the heck wrong with him or what's wrong with her? Mm-hmm. It's not necessarily you had her past or some traumatic issue. And that's why I was saying like, we're fighting in the inside. And yeah. a lot of times people know what they're fighting or sometimes they don't know what they're fighting. And I think men and women probably process it different, mm-hmm. you know, and depending on who the, the assailant, I guess you can call him is, it will stick in your brain. Cause trauma makes memories. Yeah. Like we all remember where we were in nine eleven. If we were uh, old enough to remember, you know, <laughs> yeah. Or stock market crashing, or you know, you fell and busted your head or something. <laughs> yeah, clear memories of that day, you know. <laughs> but um, like in that case, she might have to forget reconciliation. That might need to be put off the table, because the memory is so powerful and strong. But I think forgiveness goes back to the bitterness thing, that systemic thing. So many people have been hurt, man. They're walking around wounded. Yeah. And so then they treat people based on, you know, you get you get a woman that that she's been dogged out by men. You know, she got three, four kids now. Now she only gets the the low hanging fruit of men. They just want to have sex. They ain't trying to take on a family. Right. You know, they just want to get busy. <clears throat> so she's bitter now against men. Hmm. Or, I hate men. Right. Or a certain type of race or a certain race of men. Yeah. That's yeah. true. All men or a certain kind of race. So yeah. she ends up going where? To women. Yep. Yep. And then then you got a mess because if the other woman was driven to that by the same thing, they start a movement. <laughs> <laughs> the men haters society of America, you know, I'm, I'm being funny, but I'm just saying this is real. I mean, this, this is, and then you bring the children into the situation and now they hate men and they don't even know why just wow. because mama said, you know, this man dog me out. Oh, your daddy ain't no good. And, and maybe he ain't. He might be a scrub, man. <laughs> but um, in order for her to break that, she's going to have to forgive and maybe without reconciliation. I mean, if you got five kids, man, by five dudes, you might not even know where two or three of them are. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And then some of them might be jerks. Do you really want them in your children's life? Yeah, and you don't know the type of trauma and the abuse and, and, and what he didn't pass down to to that child. Right. I mean, yeah, I mean, we, <laughs> we can go so broad with this topic and this conversation, but just looking as a whole. So how can we get to the generational aspect of it, the generational topic, like, going from silent down to, you know, Gen Z. Mm-hmm. You know, how can we all come together and, and make this an issue? Because everyone says that, you know, boomers, we're, we're here because of boomers. We're in this situation because of boomers. Boomers are messing it up. Um, millennials, right. y'all lazy. Mm-hmm. Gen Z, y'all quiet. Where y'all at? 
Gen Z's crazy. <laughs> I mean, Gen X, yeah, Gen X, Gen X, Gen X, Gen y'all X, quiet, yeah. quiet. I always get y'all confused. Gen X, y'all quiet, where y'all at? Gen Z, y'all are too crazy, right? Yeah, yeah. We, we scared of y'all. <laughs> but, but how can we come together? Because it seems like we are pointing the fingers at each other. Yeah, it's easier to accuse than to reconcile, that's for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, there has to be this huge awareness that you did something wrong first. Maybe your way wasn't perfect. You know, so let's just take a silent generation. All right? They're born 1926 or so. Mm -hmm. Okay, World War II. Your enemy, for the most part, was the Japanese. Right? And they actually put American Japanese and I don't think it mattered if you was born here or you came here from Japan, mm-hmm. you were put into internment camps. <laughs> That's crazy. That's the history of America, man. That's crazy. When people get scared, brother, they, they say, forget the constitution. And, and that's straight up unconstitutional, man. Yes, it is. And I was listening to this guy in Canada. I can't remember if it was World War II or something, but he said the same thing happened, Mm. you know. And now, because that's your enemy, which none of us in America at that time were asked that we want to participate in that war per se. We didn't fly the planes to bomb Pearl Harbor, Mm. you know. I'm assuming most of Japan. They weren't involved in the decision to fly the planes over here. <laughs> <laughs> the fools up top were the ones that, yep. you know, but then but, but with the propaganda, right, wrong, or indifferent, it shaped the way we viewed that nation. Yeah. Same with Germany, Italy, Spain. They had their dictators on the other side of the world. Russia. <laughs> yeah, people hated them, you know. And again, I'm not saying it's, it's without cause because you bomb our boys up like that. Like they said, you woke up to sleeping giant. And we, ain't, we, we haven't gone back to sleep since. Hmm. We just said, forget it. We're going to dominate the world. <laughs> so now that generation, some of them had a hatred for Japanese people. They didn't view that as wrong. So how do they reconcile? It's a great question. <clears throat> I think they got a first go. The war is over. Yeah. Okay, it's 1960 now. Why are you still hating Japanese? Mm-hmm. We did win, y'all. <laughs> we, we won the war. Yeah. We dropped bombs on two cities <laughs> in Japan and killed tens of thousands of people. <laughs> and that general, I think it's Nakamoto. Yeah, uh, Hiroshima. At, at, I'm talking about the general. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. I can't remember his name, but my grandfather used to tell the story, man. He said, man, when they dropped the first bomb, they raised one hand. When they dropped the second one, they raised both. <laughs> <laughs> but when they raised the second, when, when they dropped the second bomb, mm-hmm. he came to the table, mm. and that was it. And they were denied an army, the whole deal. They couldn't. For 50 years or something like that, they couldn't have army. Might have been longer. But I'm saying, <laughs> okay, we won. Why are you carrying the torch now every time you see a Japanese person? Yeah. You know, let alone what was going on in American society. So silent generation has to go, all right, bad stuff happened. Um, can I forgive them? Most definitely. I lost men. I lost loved ones. I lost my son or my father or whoever. It's over, though. Can I forgive them so we can reconcile? Right. <clears throat> Which has happened. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All of us buy Japanese stuff, man. <laughs> Everybody. Come on, man. And, and we go there nonstop. I mean, the, yeah. the, the travel is there. Like I said, we um, host family. 
we love uh, our host daughters. Japan, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> love the culture and all that stuff. Beautiful country. Yeah, she said her, her grandfather, her grandparents are, uh, I think, in the seventies or eighties. Mm. But they they're pretty up, you know, they're old in age. But I asked her about, you know, what they thought, and they was like they hated America during that time. Mm-hmm. She's now they love it. Yeah, <laughs> see, they finally got to that point. Yeah. It takes it takes a while, you know. Forgiveness, reconciliation, it does take a while. It doesn't happen overnight. You know, a lot of people can't forget, you know, the, the traumatic experience that happened overnight. But due time, due process, mm-hmm. it, it can't happen. Uh, but I look at it like a lot of people again are fighting that fight within themselves to continue a fight outside of themselves. Right. It has nothing to do, like you said earlier. You know, fighting somebody has, or fighting the right, or whatever it is, has mm-hmm. nothing to do with that. Oh yeah, I'm. No, I'm not racist. What am I doing here? Why am I fighting here? You know, what I'm saying? right? <laughs> because you have a fight within that you're battling, and you just maybe your battles with your daddy. You know, yeah. and he told you you couldn't go, and that was just a symptom of him telling you a lot of stuff that you couldn't do. Yeah, you know. So you asked about the generational thing, like if the silent generation was being hypocritical about God. Hmm to the boomers, then they need to go, hey, man, I'm sorry. Mm. You know, there's still people, man, that, you know, okay, you look at the sexual revolution. They came out of the boomers, Mm -hmm. big time. Well, prior to that time, it was like taboo to even talk about sex. (laughs) Even though you got 10 brothers and sisters. Yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> we, we hear noises at, at night, mom and dad. Right. <laughs> Spanking and all that stuff. Get, open the door. Get off of it. Get off of it. Right. <laughs> so, so it became like this secret, you know, uh, we can't talk about it. Oh, that's horrible. Talk about it. And so you learning from them, we can't talk about that. Yeah. And then... You go out and find out about it on your own. And you're like, I see why I got 10 brothers and sisters. <laughs> but then your parents, you get promiscuous, and your parents hate you for it. They shun you. You're the black sheep now. Right. Yeah. When they were part of the reason that you did in the first place. Because they didn't sit down with you and explain sex is great. You're going to love sex. <laughs> your first time, your mind might be blown, you know, and then explain it in the right context. Yeah. Like you need to be married though. You need to be ready to have a family. But no. So now, you know, you got all these babies. And of course, back in those days, <clears throat> there was shame associated. Now you can have a baby out of wedlock. It ain't even no big deal. You know, so everybody's doing it and, don't Stars are doing shame. it. Yeah. Right. But then that's a generational thing, man, where because they didn't, some of them anyway, some did, but they didn't teach proper thing about sex. Hmm. Then there's this separation that's created just on that one issue. Right. And then maybe they leave the church. Hmm. Now does it, dad, I don't believe God exists. That's wow. a myth. It's a fairy tale. And it's because dad was an ogre. Beat him. They couldn't even wink the move without getting slapped. Yeah. And again, but you a elder or at least going to church, you paying tithe, you representing God to your children. Now I don't have to do with God. I don't have anything to do with you. Yeah, that that people were living two different lives, two different lifestyles. I mean, husband, at home he's a husband, he's a father, goes to work, senator, judge. At night, he goes to the clan. <laughs> <laughs> right, put a hood on. Put a hood on. <laughs> then he, it's, it's cycle and repeat. But his family, wife is looking at him. She knows what he's about, what he's been doing. She's like, well, I don't think you need to be with them, them clan men because – Last night they bombed such and such. Mm-hmm. Well, dang it, woman, mind your business. You just got nothing to do with you. Mm-hmm. 
the son's listening on all this, the daughter's listening on all this, they're conflicted. He's right. We hate niggers. Mm -hmm. <laughs> She's like, no, that's wrong. We God says love everybody. Mm -hmm. Now they get up, get dressed, go to church, and they hear in the pastor, God so loved the world. Mm. Love your neighbors. Love your brethren. They, you, 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 everyone's living a different life here. So, of course, you're going to come up conflicted, and that does cause trauma. It does cause something. So now you're growing up, and you're, you're, fights, you're fighting all of that within. Right. You're taking it out on the person who decides to protest and sit in the front of the bus. Mm -hmm. This guy, get in the back where you belong. But mm -hmm. you just said, mm. I believe I love my... <laughs> right. You So, but then we fast forward to today's generation and today's society, it's the same thing. Not dealing with race, but let's deal with social, on the social level. One class can speak a certain way. The other class can't. Mm. As far as this, this, those social media and this thing, you know, uh, the boomers. Well, this new generation, I don't, all they want to do is tweet, text, talk. I mean, this is ridiculous. Mm -hmm. Well, you had your time. Let us do what us. Let we do what we do. Oh, you're, now you're being disrespectful. Yeah. <laughs> it, it, we're all dealing with something, man. Yeah. But we all take it out and make it this big issue and it's not it's not it's not a big issue until we deal with the core issues because hmm. th i'm thinking about gen x man <clears throat> gen x was dealt the divorce hand hmm. so there's a high divorce rate amongst yeah so x. now i might hate one of my parents because they got divorced i can see that happening you know Hey, it's like, oh, you, it's your fault that dad ain't here. And then you become latchkey? Then I become latchkey, and now I'm more inclined to have a bad marriage myself. Because hmm. the cycle is, now I'm, now I'm sending it down to millennials, yeah. to Gen Z. And that, that generational bitterness, the systemic thing, mm -hmm. is now leapfrogging from me even down to my grandchild. And it's because of the hurt that I dealt with growing up. <clears throat> and then I haven't dealt with it within myself. I haven't gone to my mother and father and go, hey, why don't y'all explain to me why y'all got divorced? Hmm. Which, true story. I, I really, my mother never did say, well, my parents got divorced. I'm not bitter about it, but I'm just saying there are a lot of people who are. Yeah, they, they don't get the answers that they deserve because... Seeing your parents together is like this amazing thing. Growing up in the house with two parents is this amazing thing because you see the bond, you see the history, the relationship, and the love. Mm -hmm. You're learning how to love an individual. But then when that splits, kaboom, I was like, yo, was I to cause? Was I? Right. <laughs> what, did, what, did, what happened? What did I do? You didn't do anything. We just grew apart. Well, why did you grow apart? Yeah. Well, none of your dang business. <laughs> yep. Shut up. Don't ask me no more. Yeah. Now I never get the answer. Now somebody's in your ear. You know, well, you know, your mother was out there. They ain't got no proof of that. No. But, you know, people talk. Or maybe they do have proof, but they talking to a child. Mm -hmm. It don't come from her. It don't come from dad. It's coming from somebody that don't have a vested interest in you. They ain't going to say it right to you. So, so let's get on that. Let's get on marriages uh, because... That is, I mean, 80% of families mm -hmm. as far as, like, the divorce rate is keeping families together. So why do you think there is this place where we can't talk about divorce amongst our children or we can't reconcile that thing? Hmm. Mm. And... Number one, you've got to face the music. <laughs> you know, let's just say, okay, daddy, he sees this woman, she's hot, and he just got to have her. Mm -hmm. What do you tell your child? You say, you know, my son, I, she was so hot, I just, I just couldn't help myself. Keep it real. <laughs> now, he's three years old. 
<laughs> You're wrong about that. <laughs> and then you got to explain why, because historically, women lose out financially and when there's a divorce. Yes. They get the, the raw end of the stick more often than men. Mm -hmm. Now, we can argue about child support and all that stuff. Okay. I ain't going to disagree with anybody, but still... Especially in the past, back in the day, credit and all that stuff got messed up, man. Yeah, because he was the breadwinner. Yeah, yeah, for the most part. Yeah. And and still today, men still make more as a whole than women. Mm -hmm. I ain't arguing the reasons. I'm just stating the facts. Yeah. Men still make more as a whole than women. So now you got to explain why we can't eat now. Hmm. Do you want to tell your daughter, well, you ain't getting no food. Because I just wanted to have sex with somebody. <laughs> <laughs> you got to come to the table, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but you, but you got to keep it real because yeah. they grow up with those same emotions. Yeah. You know, little Joey be like, yo, dad, I understand, you know, how, how you were feeling because. <laughs> yeah, I'm feeling like it about this other. <laughs> Mrs. Jones looking good today. And, and, and I'm saying you should come to the table clean. Mm -hmm. But most people don't. They don't want to go there because hmm. you got to deal with you. You got to deal with your sin, man. It's just like, was that a real reason? Do you justify that in your mind? <laughs> now we can't, we barely got food to eat just because you wanted to satisfy some little few moments of pleasure. Right. But you're, you're, but you're not on trial. It's not like you are, you didn't swear an oath. Your honor, nothing but the truth. So help me God. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? You, you're not under oath. It's okay to be transparent, especially when it comes to your children. Yeah, depending on, depending on the age. Yeah, depending on the age, right. Yeah. Three years old, and he don't understand anything about that. But let's say he's 13 now, mm -hmm. or he's 12, and that's when the time you guys get that divorce. Keep it real. Yeah. Please keep it real. I'm just saying most people won't. No, right. Because your child is going to ask you the hard questions. Hmm. They, they can read you. You can say something flowery. Well, we grew apart. Dad, I remember that woman coming in. Who was that? <laughs> they don't forget nothing, man. No. So you must come clean. It's imperative. Unless it was just some really weird, that, that type of stuff happens where you just can't tell everything. You know, but for the most part, people are breaking up because of adultery, uh, finances. They just can't get along. Yeah. You know, come to the table clean with that. Yeah, but <clears throat> it's not... It's not mentioned. So now you're leaving another generation that says, I hate marriage. I don't want nothing to do with marriage because you mm -hmm. break up over the stupidest stuff. You know, I don't want to uh, get married so I can grow apart. Well, that wasn't the truth why your parents got divorced. Right. The truth was is that there was infidelity. Mm -hmm. But if you say, well, this is what I did. I made the mistake. So your mother don't want me back or your father don't want me back. So I encourage you not to make this mistake moving forward. Right. So now he gets older. He's like, yo, yeah, I want, I want the marriage. Now it's like, yeah, but that costs my parents there, so I know not to go down that route. Mm -hmm. Or he's going to make the decision to do it anyway, but still, at least you are transparent so they can experience marriage themselves. Because you ruined it. You ruined it for another generation. Yeah. So do you blame them? Can, can, you know, is there, like if a child says, I don't want to get married. Everybody I see, their parents got divorced. Uh, Phil's daddy beat his mama. Phil's mother stabbed her father. You know, yeah. can you blame him for saying, mm, "Man, I," and, and not just marriage, just 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 anything in general where you saw the negative from the people that were supposed to have it together? No, I don't blame him. <clears throat> yeah, I do, but I don't. But you, I don't blame him because they see a negative impact. It didn't work. In other words, that's what they see. They see that some. Someone's vulnerable. They're both vulnerable, but then they both end up getting hurt through marriage. So they're mm -hmm. like, well, I don't want to get hurt because loving is hard. It hurts. And then I do blame them because it's like, how do you know it won't happen to you? Right. <laughs> how do you know you won't end up in a bad marriage? You know, you, you, you're not trying. Mm -hmm. But then I don't want to encourage a whole generation just to be getting married, just to be getting married. And then, you, you know. Everyone's divorced. Well, nowadays it's it's 
Forget marriage. Right, yeah. <laughs> Raise the child by yourself. You know, be polyamorous. <laughs> <laughs> Have a husband, a girlfriend, and three boyfriends. Right, and all y'all agree. <laughs> so, boiling this down, and especially dealing with the family. Two people bring in their baggage, and they don't deal with it. They say, she completes me. Hmm. Like, like you still ain't got to deal with your stuff. <laughs> or he, you know, or I can change him. He, he, no. Nah, I, I, don't, I don't feel that my wife completes me. I, I love her. I love her. Yeah. I don't feel she is my... I got to live. The missing link. Yeah, yeah, that's right. No, <laughs> right. So, but this is back to your question. Okay. The generational, how do we fix it? Because, mm -hmm. see, I guarantee you, Terrence J., most people are not on what we're talking about, about dealing with the generational hurt. Hmm. They're not on that. It's easier to go, he's a racist. Or pick your... Whatever. Yes. It's easier to do that. The only way I know he's a racist is if I talk to him, he treat me like one. Yeah. You know, or if I saw it myself. Mm -hmm. But to to go, okay, they're all that way, and I'm just not going to deal with them. What kind of sense does that make? <laughs> so there needs to be a coming together yeah. with no agenda. Except forgiveness and reconciliation. To move forward, yep. To move. So if there's a family issue, you know, from family hurt, got to come to the table. Now, we talked about earlier, before we start recording that, sometimes you can't reconcile. Mm -hmm. that, that, and that has to be recognized, too. It might be, you know, a person dies or they hurt you so bad that, you know, you just cannot, you're not going to be buddy-buddy with them. No. You know, and even if you quote-unquote reconcile, you you don't have to go to a picnic with them. <laughs> no, you don't. <laughs> you ain't got to attend church with these people. You know, if if uh, we know of a case where a couple got divorced, went to the same church, they no longer go to that church. Mm -hmm. That makes sense. Right. Because every time you see that person, you're going to be reminded of all that y'all went through. In the house of God, hmm. you can't. And then, if they just so happen one of them move on and get another spouse, now you really in a, in a fix. Yeah. <laughs> God, where's mine? You know. <laughs> <laughs> and, and there are situations where it's the opposite, where they both can yeah. sit down at the same table, especially at potluck, and have a great conversation because they realize that they were the best of friends, or they realize that you know. What we had, it, it worked, but we just didn't work. Right. And then they got a little junior at the table. You know, hey, junior, you know. But they look like a family, but they're not. Yeah. And then they go their separate That's ways. That's my and, brother and his ex-wife. Yeah, right. Yeah. They better friends now than yeah. a couple. Because they at each other's necks. <laughs> <laughs> but now they're not. And it's, it's a beautiful thing. Right. Uh, but that they reconciled. They came together. They forgave. They, they did all of that. They had that conversation for that to move forward. Mm -hmm. That doesn't happen without that. You know, I don't think so, that you can sit down at the same table. That doesn't right. happen unless you have that conversation. Yeah, that's a, that's a cold meal, brother. Yeah. You, <laughs> it's like they said, if somebody owe you money, Thanksgiving dinner's a lot different. <laughs> <laughs> you sitting there eating, man, I owe him $100. <laughs> and he like, that nigga owe me Right. You better get me paid. <laughs> well, it's the same. It's, uh, it's awkward, man. Yeah. When somebody's wronged you or you're carrying something, maybe not from somebody that in your sphere of influence, but you're carrying something from somewhere else or somebody wronged you. Hmm. And now you bitter. And you just can't see your way clear, man. Hmm. You know, it's just, it's always fog in your eyes on whatever group or person or situation that reminds you of the pain. Yeah. And so I think, number one, 
You've got to deal with yourself. You've got to forgive yourself, man. Hmm. You know, and, or, or if you didn't, if you weren't the, the offender, then you have to recognize, I need to stop carrying this thing. It's going to destroy me. It's going to destroy others around me. Then you got to, then you got to work towards forgiveness, period. Yeah. You know, that's, that, that's a process, man. It is. I read some man that, you know, a man will fall on a sword, man, before he say, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's stubbornness, pride. That's. Yeah. And, 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 and I mean, like, for real sorry, you know, you know, how you did something to your brother. Mm-hmm. And your mama got that switch. Yep. Say you sorry. I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> no, this is from the heart. Sorry. This is I thought this through, and I did you wrong. I'm really sorry. Mm-hmm. You know, you got to step there, and then if reconciliation is possible, that's, and that all, and uh, then you got to mark, you got to mark out what that looks like. Mm-hmm. You know, and then realize. It may not be. Just because somebody say you're sorry, that, that also don't mean you're going to have these nice, warm feelings. No, it, it doesn't. No, no not, not especially. <laughs> no, you won't, because sometimes you still feel like you need justice. Yeah. I and, mean, and to be honest, some of these scenarios we talked about, they demand justice. They, that they do. That they do. I don't know. Uh, we, we brought about Rwanda. Um you know what? What forgiveness and recon, you know reconciliation looked at in Rwanda, mm-hmm. where you had the the Tutsis and the, uh, the Hutus. Hutus, um, they reconciled. They came together after twenty five years. Man, they <laughs> that's heavy, man. They killed over how many people? Eight hundred thousand with machetes. This was a brutal. It was the worst generation in the uh, uh, genocide of that time frame. A hundred days. Ever. Now, there's been more people killed. This is in the 90s, right? Yeah, yeah. And no no amount of people have been killed that quickly, if I'm saying this right, as in that genocide right there. And they hacked them, man. I mean, just there's a video called Ghost of Rwanda. You can look at it, man. It's really powerful. Uh, but one scene, you can see this guy way in the back. He's just, he got his blade. He's just going men, in. Men, women, and children. But to forgive, man, and reconcile, that's really powerful. Yeah, so (laughs) we brought that up because that's what generation, that's what it looks like. So now they are able to live amongst each other. Mm. So the conversation is a lot different when, uh, you know, with a Tootsie and a... uh, Hutu. 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 Okay, I I got it. A a Tootsie and a Hutu. Uh, They're not talking about the past. They're actually... Probably talking about loving a little bit more. What 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 will our next twenty five years look like? What would the next fifty years look like? How will we spend it? Oh, matter of fact, you need bread, you need water, sugar. Hey, I got you. Come over here. Mm. They're worried about life now because life right. was lost. Mm. So in marriages, what are you worried about now? What was lost? Life was lost. Love was lost. Right. So what is that conversation like now? Will you still love that person for the next 25 years though you're not together? Though you have another spouse? Maybe your new spouse is like, well, you shouldn't be talking to them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but no, I can't because we've reconciled. Yeah. There are no more emotional ties. There are no more sexual mm-hmm. you know, feelings there. It's now we reconcile, we move forward. I still love this person as a human being. See, we can't say that. I love you as a human being. I love you as, as a fellow brother. I love you as a fellow sister. We can't say that. Hmm. We let all of that fight push that to the side. Like you said, a man is willing to fall on the sword before he apologizes. A man is willing to fall on the sword before he says, I love you. <laughs> mm. Mm. That's deep. Yes. Wow. So that's where we at, folks. We've got to learn because this nation is divided like it's never been, man. We can't say that. Civil War was. (laughs) But in our lifetime, it's divided. Families are divided. We know people that have been, their marriages have been destroyed. You know, that um, some people are in really bad situations, man. And it's 
mainly because what happened to him and then the resulting bitterness and whatever fallout came from that. And we're saying that this is being carried generationally. Yes. There's people holding on to stuff for 10, 20, 30 years. It's going to affect somebody else. You don't even know it. Your influence, you don't always know how you affect other people. Yes. And so we need to come to the table. Mm-hmm. Quit blaming the, even though, full disclosure, I went pretty hard on the boomers. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone does. We was documented facts, though, Terrence. Yeah. But we can't keep blaming boomers for the world problems. We can't keep saying millennials are lazy mm-hmm. without sitting at the table and working it out. That's it. You know, boomers are going to die off, man. Gen X is going to die off. The, the younger group is coming up. Hmm. How do you want to leave this world? Better than when you yeah, left. Yeah, you want to leave it better than when you left it, man. So, and, and, and one of the ways to do that is sit down and listen. There's a scripture that says, be swift to hear, slow to speak. Instead of sitting down, I'm going to tell you how to fix the world. I'm going to listen to what you got to say. Because hmm. maybe what you got to say will fix me as a person. Yep. And then we can start working on those other issues. Maybe I'm just a screwed up dude. We all are. <laughs> we all are. <laughs> and then, then I got in a position of power and screwed up a bunch of other people. <laughs> you know. But maybe if I sit down with the listening ear to a 20-year-old mm-hmm. who has fresh ideas, or if the 20-year-old sits down with the 65-year-old mm-hmm. who done been through the trenches and can show them things that they they can avoid. Yeah. And give them that wisdom. <clears throat> if we all sit and listen, and we start doing that on a regular basis, no agenda. Maybe, Terrence, we can change the world, man. You know, and we talked about having something like that in the works. So um, yeah. look out for that in the future. Because John and I, we do have this burden um, for bringing people together, especially generations from across the board. Mm-hmm. Um, so we we would love to get, you know, in the same room a bunch of, you know, every every person that represents a generation, but all generations, and have this nice conversation about what's our differences or why is there a gap and, you know, how can we close the gap. Um, but you and I, we hammer the church pretty pretty bad in. And I'm going to continue to hammer the church. I'm in it. You know, I, I'm... <laughs> yeah, it ain't like you outside no, of that's it. that's right. No, I'm in the church <laughs> and I'm going to hammer it. Uh, so <clears throat> churches don't have this conversation as far as reconciliation. And the... They go to church to get married, <laughs> then they have they don't go to church to get divorced, or maybe they do go to church to get divorced. But I'm bringing out the fact that church has a lot to do with marriage. Mm-hmm. So shouldn't there be some kind of I don't want to say marriage counseling, but some kind of reconciliation? But I, I do want to uh, give my man a plug here: uh, Rekindle the Flame Ministries. Mm-hmm. So look them up: Rekindle the Flame Ministries. Mm-hmm. Uh, Pastor Guerrero. Um, my wife and I, we had marriage, marriage counseling through, through that ministry. And it, it is profound. I mean, yeah. the, the things that he brings out, uh, it is Christian based, but it doesn't seem like it because he doesn't take you there. Mm-hmm. He takes you to real life. What is happening behind the scenes? A lot of people try to sweep those things under the rug, but what he does is he <laughs> takes that rug and he shows you, oh, there's dirt right there. Right. H- how did you see that? <laughs> <laughs> So rekindle the flame ministries, Pastor Guerrero, um, amazing guy, amazing family, and the things that and, and he brings out, he does them himself. Mm-hmm. Um, Absolutely, he's very I've transparent. I've seen it myself. Yeah, yeah. very transparent. So, um, but again, we hammer the church, but that is one ministry that I see that does it and they do it well. I mean, and, they even have marriage retreats. Yeah. Family retreats. Family retreats. Son and father. Son and son. Father and son. Father and son retreats. Yes, that's right. And we're not plugging them to, we don't get any money from, this is a faith-based ministry, so. It works. They need people to give, but we've seen it in action, and it really does. It's it's a standard for um, what we're talking about here, because maybe, Terrence, maybe if church started doing this, we sit down at the table Hmm. and listen. 
they don't bring the young generation in to listen to them. Right. They leave it in droves. I mean, they don't have exit interviews. <laughs> exactly. And, and, and the young people are, are telling in certain ways before they leave. Yes. They may not come out and say, hey, you need some of them do. But as a whole, they're not going to say anything. But you watch them and their actions, and they'll tell you what happened. Mm-hmm. Then if you can get them to come and talk to you, they'll let you know exactly. And, and, and no agenda. That day, you're not a pastor. There's okay. no title. There's no... We all sitting here, each generation represented. Mm-hmm. And I'm saying, well, if I hurt y'all, I'm sorry. I want to hear what you want to tell me. Yep. You know, I, if there's something better we could have done or, you know, some other way that we can introduce to keep the fire going in you for God or to, to teach you about family or to teach you about money, yes. you know, instead of teaching you how to, Steal money <laughs> through the pulpit. <laughs> Teach you how to be a good steward. Even the environmental thing, man. Yes. Being a steward of the earth. Mm-hmm. You know, if we could, if we could, maybe Terrence, maybe there's some hope. Maybe we can change the world. So you guys look out for, we got an event or two planned in the future. How to break the curse. Keeping hope alive. Keeping that hope alive. So. But we're going to sign off. This is John Barnett. And this is Terrence J. We appreciate you listening. Like, subscribe, share, comment. Peace out. And it's apparent y'all left something in the water. Can't pretend that I'm not bothered by the sins of my fathers. Breaking curses.